you guys, it's Andy's Girls. This is a special episode because I'm saying it's special. You can sort of hear in my voice that I do not have it entirely back because I was apparently living my best life at the Real Housewives of New York premiere, which I attended um, in the Rainbow Room, at the Rainbow Room here in New York City. And I did have an episode scheduled (laughs) with one of the guests. (laughs) Of that event, which has unfortunately fallen through. And I said, you know what? I am not going to allow a minute to go by without telling the AGs about my experience. Um, even though I did have a great tagline referencing <laughs> some of what has occurred in the last uh day and a half. <laughs> but I will say this. Okay, so I get the email from Bravo HQ. I immediately go into triage. And triage means I don't do anything for a couple weeks until mm, four days before the event when I look in the office and I say, none of this will do, and proceeded to order about 4,500 different dresses, also known as three, none of which worked except for one, this black um, satin slip dress with feathers on the top. And I thought, you know what? It's giving me New York. It's giving me chic c'est la vie. It's giving me what I need. And so that is what I wore. Um, And I went to the event with Tracy Morrissey, friend of the pod. uh, And you know, prior to the event, we didn't actually, did I just say event? Um, we'll pretend that didn't happen. I, prior to the event, I didn't actually know what the setup of the night was going to be. I assumed based on, I don't know, the fact that it was like called a premiere party and the fact that we, um, when we attended, when I attended rather, the Dubai sort of quasi premiere event at a Lamborghini showroom here in New York City, it did include um, watching the first episode and then doing like a Zoom Q&A with the cast um, live from Dubai. And I know that was like a different experience than this event, um, both of which were fabulous, but I kind of thought we were going to watch the first episode. So I roll in and it's like, all the content creators flew in from all over the goddamn place. Um, bravo, bravo, ducking, bravo, the talk of shame, the Zen blonde, Tracy, myself, I mean, Dylan, just just everybody, just honestly, a lot of people, not everybody, but best of bravo. I mean, just a ton of people. So it was in and of itself a little bebe bravo con just because, you know, for some of us, we feel like And we do have um, close friendships and relationships that have been developed over the course of years in most cases and have collabed but haven't been able to hang out with each other just by the fact that everyone's located at different points across the country. So um, Tracy and I roll in. We meet up with Kiki, the talk of shame, and some other folks, and we spot this like sassy little couch in the rainbow room. In the rainbow room, which is this like very 
sort of decadent, you know, looking out into the skyline, very classic New York kind of event space, which is also located at 30 Rock, um, which is also, you know, where Bravo and NBC and and all of our friends at NBC Universal, BCC, we support the striking actors and WGA here at Andy's Girls. Um, but uh, so it was like very much a sassafras kind of space and everybody was in sparkles and, um, you know, just looking fabulous. Um, and so we show up, we see this like little couch, like sassy couch. And I thought to myself, my God, let's hop on it, throw our shit on there so we can reserve it when we watch the episode <laughs> that we have seating. And while it was a good idea that we kind of took control of that couch area, we didn't need it for the screening because the screening did not, in fact, occur. And I didn't feel like a total moron because I know of several other people who also thought we were going to kind of like take in the um, premiere episode. And honestly, what was done instead was nothing short of fabulous. Andy um, was there, I would say, the majority of the night mingling with literally everyone, as were the new New York City Housewives. Now, if you have read page six since the event went up, when page six published the piece, I was like, okay, I feel comfortable talking about this. Unfortunately, I did receive word at some point after this happened. I wasn't on this step and repeat, but I did find out that one at the event, um, that one of the new housewives, Jessel, unfortunately fell terribly ill on the press line and in other spaces, I guess, close to the press line and did unfortunately fall ill and vomit um, in front of people and also as she was running to the restroom. And my understanding of it from the start was this was absolute some sort of stomach bug, exhaustion, something else. It had there was no alcohol being involved as a factor. When you think about the fact that these women are all such professionals, I mean, the critique that many people have leveled against some aspects of the casting is like, wait, but several of these women are influencers. And is that the energy and the vibe that we're going for? And the reality is for people who um, do work in content creation, among other jobs, certainly they are going to show up at this premiere with that much attention, um, really like on their best behavior. And I am very confident that that is how Jessel attempted to, you know, professionalize a really terribly unfortunate stomach bug or exhaustion or something else. And, you know, I spoke to someone prior to this happening who said that she um, looked kind of serious, that she looked sort of unhappy on the step and repeat. And now we obviously know why. And I just felt so terribly for her because can you imagine the pressure and attention that's on you as 
one of the new full-time cast members and you're going to your premiere event and you do not feel well and you're just thinking like I need to hold it together I need to hold it together and she really did I mean this is it's one of those things I did see people posting and saying like iconic like iconic first season behavior and hopefully she has a sense of humor about this I do think that everyone I spoke with was like you know wildly shocked that it happened because it's not you know it's not every day that one experiences a some sort of stomach bug or something on the red carpet um but everyone was like oh god I hope she's okay and I hope she is okay I think at one point she or her reps sort of confirmed to page six that she had been flying all night and hadn't slept and I'm sure that that contributed to it as well and listen it's there's nothing you can do when you don't feel well and so that was kind of like one of the moments that made a gal gasp throughout the night. Um, But there were a couple other moments. First off, okay, so Andy is like mixing and mingling with all of us throughout the night, was very friendly, um, was taking photos. There was a little um, photo banner where you could pose with prop apples with the New York City skyline, which I did and have some photos and stuff on my Instagram from the night. And I did have to volunteer myself (laughs) to experience a different dimension of the event, shall we say, because a friend had some edibles and I decided, even though I have said here on this podcast, I was unable to enjoy a little little edible. I was like, ooh, no, I'm feeling frisky. I'm at this fabulous event. I'm just going to have a teeny tiny little nibble, just a teeny tiny little nibble. So I had a teeny tiny little nibble and then like, you know, an hour or whatever later, teeny tiny little nibble and thought I, and I will get back to the event, and thought I was like, oh, it's not working. It's not kicking in. And then said to some people at the Regency after, which is where we went for a little um, post-event sass, which I was extremely late to because of that edible, I rolled in there and was like, I don't think it's working. And at that point, my body started to turn into jello. And then over the course, I would say around 11 o'clock at night, for the next 24 hours, I was higher than I have ever been in my entire life. My mom was staying with me for a couple days and was absolutely horrified because I couldn't stop laughing. At one point, I like almost started to cry because I was like, I don't know why I'm laughing so much, but I truly can't stop. Like, have you ever seen someone laugh four minutes on end? It's like sort of terrifying. I mean, that needs to be the new A24 horror film is just like literally me at a French brasserie on the Upper East Side that my mom dragged me to for lunch, just like absolutely laughing my ass off at nothing, at truly nothing at all. And then staring at my silverware and being like, what's that? Like Little Mermaid style. Do I, you know, comb my hair with the fork? I mean, I attempted to watch the new Sex and the City episode, but I felt like I was inside it. Like, 
And if there's one place I do not want to be inside, it is in fact. And just like that, there was a scene of like Carrie in a Helen Gurley Brown costume dancing. And it was like I was there, but also in the upside down. It was wild. So I really do not think after one like seemingly positive experience and then last night's experience. I don't know that this is really meant for me. I think my system is extraordinarily sensitive for understandable reasons. And even though I had not half of that edible, my Lord, the adventure that I was on. But anyway, getting back to this fucking event. So, you know, said a little hi to Andy, to Andrew, got some photos, um, and then really was able to chat with uh, several, I guess, of the housewives or a couple of the housewives throughout the night. Obviously, my number one, based on the tagline alone, was meeting and interacting with Bryn, who I think has really risen as the people's housewife, just based off the tagline alone. Who knows what's going to happen with this season? I have truly no idea. I haven't watched the first episode, um, but I just have a feeling, I have a vibe that she is really going to break out. I mean, that tagline, what is it? If, you know, don't make me mad or I'll date your dad. Are you kidding me? That is history taking place. So first off, all of the housewives look tremendous. Andy gave opening remarks and said, you know, how are we going to fill such incredible shoes with these ladies? And it was more eloquent than that. And invited up um, individually, each of the new housewives, and then said, "You know, these are the New York's the cast of the Real Housewives of New York." And we all cheered and drank an inordinate—I don't know if that's right—use the word amount of champs, just like round after round after round of champs, and we're cheersing and sassing with each other. And so I ambled over to Bryn at one point, met her nieces. She had really made the night into a family affair, which I thought was incredibly sweet. And this is a big moment in her life. And so I was talking with um, the Zen Blonde, and she speaks Bravo, and um, Bryn and her nieces, and they were so obviously proud of her. And she was just kind of like talking about her experience, looking gorgeous in this sort of, I mean, I know we are all in the Barbie era, also known as truly every day of my life. Pink is my color. Um, But she was in this like pink, sparkly, sexy, super fitted dress looking absolutely fabulous and was so so, so down to earth. And I know she's gotten comparisons, I guess, from her behavior in the upcoming season to Sonia, I think, among other housewives. I did see a little interview that she gave with, I think, People, where she compared herself to Larry David, which is iconic. It was giving me a little, like, Ariana Maddox, um, you know, I took improv, like, improv's a serious matter. Like, it's giving me a little Kelly Clarn Ben Simone moment. I'm a professional photographer and renowned journalist. Like, I just was extremely into Bryn Whitfield, comedian. I mean, Bryn Whitfield, curb your enthusiasm never when it comes to discussing Bryn. So she was really lovely. I did also absolutely bet beeline over to Jenna Lyons. And at this point, 
you know, I had, as we all had turtle times, of course, I'm going to be professional, but I did also say, you know, you are the reason that I wore a chambray and a pencil skirt when I was interviewing Kristen Takeman in like 2018, which is so fucking random. I don't know that I audibly said Kristen Takeman, but I did absolutely say A Real Housewife of New York and congratulated her. And she immediately was like, well, I'm kind of a dud. And I said, how dare you say that? I literally immediately latched on and was like, do not say that. And just so you're aware, it is an iconic, iconic choice to be a dud. Like we have people who are going to go crazy. We have those franchises. What I want from you is go girl, give us nothing. And she started to laugh and I was like on a roll. I mean, I really truly was doing my best form of cheerleading in the like, you are Jenna Lyons. If you give me nothing, Thing, I will absolutely stand. Now, is that how I'm absolutely going to feel if she taps out of the season? Like when I don't even know what to compare it to because I haven't watched it yet. Um, we, we also haven't experienced, I would assume, the parts that potentially become contentious if the rest of the cast felt that she was tapping out or whatever happens, happens. Um, we are certainly going to watch it all happen. Um, but I did in that moment just feel like oh she was so grounded so down to earth everyone looked gorgeous she was in jeans but you wouldn't know it because she had this huge enormous floral jacket I don't even parka almost situation on and was obviously I mean Jenna Lyons is fashion and she is you know I I got a I think a message or a comment from somebody on social today that was like you need to remind the people (laughs) that for millennials at a certain point in the aughts Jenna Lyons like truly truly inspired culture and they are absolutely right like there was a time when Michelle Obama wearing J Crew I think on the Tonight Show among other places was huge fucking news and the ways that she had a general genuine impact on culture is like non-negotiable regardless of whether or not you wore styles influenced by J Crew I know that I did like I quite literally remember putting on that outfit for Kristen Dakeman and I worked in retail for a hundred years and a lot of what was being sold at non J Crew style companies certainly borrowed an awful lot of personality from the very personality very personality that she led with at J Crew and I'm sure elsewhere. So it was honestly a delight to chat with her and she was so grounded and so down to earth. Obviously has a sense of humor about this. I wonder the idea of calling herself a dud like it, it was a way of saying like, you know, I I guess kind of like settle your expectations a little bit or was it you know, the kind of housewives move that we love. Someone just trying to reset expectations so they could succeed them, exceed them rather. Um, I, I couldn't tell you. What I do know is that she was a delightful talk. And I also did have a long form conversation with Tony Danza, hashtag who's the boss, who, you know, you might ask yourself, Tony Danza, I mean, the Real Housewives of New York, obviously a perfect fit. And I would say you are exactly right. I mean, the man knows a taxi. What more could you absolutely ask for? He knows what's needed in New York City to get the job done. So I know because I heard people going up to him and like referencing um, 
who's the boss and whatever else. And I, a musical theater gal, and also someone who had a feeling about what kind of conversation he would actually be engaged in, ambled on over to him, um, word of the night, and was like, hey, Mr. Danza, I just want to let you know I was a really, really big fan of Honeymoon in Vegas, which was a fantastic musical comedy based on the movie that he starred in on Broadway. It lasted 0.0 seconds. I went to it three or four times. Highly recommend the cast album, uh, which you can get wherever. And he was fantastic in it. So we had a full on long conversation about musical theater and his current projects and um, you know, the fact that that show spoiled him and everything else. And I had absolutely forgotten that he is a current talking point and also recent guest star on and just like that. The show that I was watching the morning after when I felt like I was truly inside of my computer screen. But then someone went over and was like, Chase, dad. And I remembered at that moment, I was like, oh, that's right. I have seen him on something. But I'm glad that I referenced Broadway and not some of the other TV stuff because I'm guessing he probably gets a fair amount of um and just like that Chase stuff uh from people who see him now but also it's Tony Danza um he told me the reason he was attending was because his producer from his talk show a thing I absolutely had forgotten existed um was there and so I think that's how he got the invite but speaking of other guests other notable celebrities in attendance Eve Plum was also there so got a little photo with Jan from the original cast of The Brady Bunch, which was so wild. And I said, you know, I'm a big fan um, because who is? I mean, it's The Brady Bunch. And asked her why she was there in a very polite, friendly, uh, conversational way. And she had been invited by somebody she had been like doing business with or an event with or something else. And I think she was slightly confused by it. I was extremely into potentially being slightly befuddled about what it was that she was watching. And she was could not have been nicer. Um and so, you know, we got to see some television icons, but back to the housewives themselves. It felt like the vibe was really good. I saw Uba running around, Erin. Um, I did not go over to them because I think at that point, several of us were fully into turtle timing and also just connecting with each other. But it was a packed house. Again, Andy stayed for forever. Everybody was very friendly. Obviously, these women have an understanding of exactly, you know, what makes a job great, which includes you know, being, I think, in good behavior at a special event. And also, why wouldn't they be? This is their first big splash, aside from obviously BravoCon and also, you know, actually filming the series, when they're interacting with people mere days before the show premieres. I mean, it's a big night. It's understandable why everyone was aglow. And I think the energy in the room was really great because it just felt like we were celebrating. And as discussed on the last AG Classic, obviously, there's a conversation taking place about the ways that some of us feel about the upcoming um, premiere, the fact that it is both 14 and 1, the fact that it feels like an exciting endeavor and also one, like when was the last time 
that you thought of a franchise and said to yourself, I have no idea what's going to happen next. I mean, that to me is a little bit of an energy to treasure regardless of where you are in processing the fact that this upcoming season will not include Nary and OG and probably not even a mention. Like, that is something that we don't get to experience often. I mean, not to compare this to the Scandaval, but here I go. One of the reasons that I think the Scandaval was immediately caught fire and sustained being viral for so many years, for so many years, LOL, for so many months, was because of a genuine natural shock felt by the audience about an event that seemingly no one, certainly unless you were, you know, I guess Lala or James, could have predicted occurring. And with the Real Housewives of New York, sure, there are rumblings and things you might hear about what is going to possibly take place this season. But no one, aside from people who've seen, I would say, several of the episodes, really has an understanding or awareness or even ability to really predict how this season is going to take off and what direction it's going to go in. And while Again, for the record, I do have some feelings, as I have expressed, about how Legacy, um, you know, ended and with the pickups of Girls Trip, what that means for the OGs, I think is a little bit TBD. But what isn't TBD is the fact that this is quite literally a new beginning on Sunday. I am honestly really curious. Um, I would love genuinely to be proven wrong about my first instinct upon hearing about the cast when I was like, oof, it feels like there's a lot of influencer energy here. And that just might be the future and president of the present of many aspects of New York City in and of itself, that this might just be the world in which many people experience New York and are seen Uh, are able to see New York through the lens of people who you might consider influencers, people that you follow on social media, people who have a couple years worth of creating their own narrative, now being able to either express that or see it crumble to the ground by signing on for this very specific form of reality TV. And it's going to be interesting to see. I would love to be wrong and normalize changing your mind based on new information. I would love to be able to see a New York City that I haven't seen on the original um, version, which feels like that that is an inevitable thing that's going to happen because New York changes as the as the world changes. The environment of New York City is very different to how it was 15 or so years ago when OG New York premiered. So maybe it's a resetting of expectations, not just about the cast, but about the landscape of New York and the ways that production is going to try to thread that needle. And I genuinely would be really curious in watching these stories and feeling like, ooh, does it feel too much like influencer energy? Are people too filtered because, you know, they're used to Paris and Valencia online? Are we going to get that energy or is something and or if that energy does exist, will something else break through that that will, you know, continue a potential surprise? Um, 
I don't know what direction we're going to go in. I do know that page six posted today referencing that the original cast as a news piece, the original New York cast was not invited to the premiere party for the relaunch and said several sources told page six that none of the OGs were invited. And one source described it as a total diss to past cast members. Those women helped create the franchise and were barely mentioned. Executive flew in and they never threw parties like that for the old cast yada 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 and I understood that I mean there was a conversation amongst creators of like do you think that any housewives will show up I didn't think New York housewives would show up but I thought there could be a decent chance that we might get a Marge or a Dolo someone from New Jersey where it didn't feel like you were competing between histories old and new but just sort of like extending um, a little bit of a friendship bracelet of like, we're all in this now, like consider yourself a part of the larger housewives pack. And um, that didn't happen. And I understood why, because I think it, and I, as I understood why the OGs would probably be the least um, on the minds of Bravo HQ when it comes to developing an invite list, which I know sounds terrible in saying that out loud potentially, but also it's very difficult to launch with this kind of special event, the new cast and new beginning, if you are constantly being compared to the original franchise 12 plus um, forgotten season, um, seasons long. Like if you have that kind of history behind you and you're trying to start a new chapter, to me, it's understandable that they wouldn't want housewife because we know the original cast can make news happen. I mean, it's just a little accidental slip of the tongue to a reporter or whatever else, and they take over the press cycle. It's like, oh, what did so-and-so say about a cast member? Or even the fact that it's like so-and-so maybe original cast member being nice to one of the newbies. The attention then becomes on turns to the OG because that's an interesting conversation. And I think for the purposes of stewardship and probably also PR, there was a decision that the focus from this event should really truly solely be on the new cast. And I completely understood it. Paris is always a good idea. And when I schlep on over to Europe to my favorite city in the world, I bring with me a few important phrases that I have learned from housewives. C'est bon, c'est bon. Chic, c'est la vie. Je m'appelle the Countess. N'est-ce pas, Luanne? <laughs> and while those key phrases are important when speaking to any French bravoholic for other matters of life, that's where Rosetta Stone comes in. Rosetta Stone is the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered, including, of course, French. It features fast language acquisition. It immerses you in so many ways. There's no English translations. So you really learn to speak, to listen, and to think in that language. It's an intuitive process. You pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. J'adore Chris Manzo. Et toi? There's a speech recognition filter which gives you feedback on your pronunciation. It's convenient with desktop and app options. 
and it's an amazing value. Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership has all 25 languages for any and all trips and language needs in life. That's lifetime access to all 25 language courses Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off, a steal. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, AGs can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today. Today. Shout out to Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing me with free samples. Astapro is a first-of-its-kind nasal allergy spray. It's the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes, while other allergy sprays take hours. Astapro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. It delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. Living in New York City is not easy. Just ask Sonia, trying to sell that house. There are so many mornings where I wake up and think, oh my gosh, I'm having the worst cold of my life. And I realize it's actually from allergies. When my nasal allergies flare up, and that happens when the season changes and the temps get a little warmer than they normally are, I use Astapro, and I'm amazed at how fast I'm back in the game. And that game is looking for Dorenda on the Upper East Side. Astapro always has my back and nose. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. Astapro and go. Use as directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Conversations around wellness and weight loss can be complicated. There's the Instagram filter we all see on IG and social media, and then IRL. And between $20 smoothies and daily ice baths, everyone is doing the most to hack the health system. But there's a better way. Row. Row provides access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. Over 200,000 people have already chosen Roe to help them lose weight. And you can sign up from the comfort of your own home. No scheduling a doctor's appointment, commute to the doctor's office, and no waiting rooms. The Roe Body Program pairs a weekly shot with healthy lifestyle changes, so you can lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Of course, medication must be paired with diet and exercise modifications in order to achieve any stated results. Medication cost is not included in the program. Patients must pay for medication separately. With Roe, average weight loss is 15 to 20% in one year with healthy lifestyle changes. BMI and other eligibility criteria apply. Go to roco slash andyscrolls. You can sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash andyscrolls. Sign up today. 
I just came back from the salon. And for the record, I went with a sassy little bob and quiet luxury shade of blonde. Yes, that's literally what we're calling it, quiet luxury. Aside from trips to the salon, I don't actually blow out my hair. My hair is naturally wavy, and that's why I love Way. Way's new anti-frizz cream is a lightweight cream that provides immediate frizz control that lasts for up to 72 hours. I know that I have a limited amount of time <laughs> with wet, wavy hair in which to get myself in order. And that is why I love the anti-frizz cream. It has notes of bergamot, Italian lemon, violet, and more. And it smells unbelievable. Truly, as someone who is a little bit sensitive to scents, I put this in my hair and I feel great. It also genuinely pairs well with my perfume, which I appreciate. I don't blow out my hair because after years of color processing and attempting to make it straight, I know it looks better and stays healthier when I avoid blow drying, which is why I love the anti-frizz cream. I've used products, especially with wavy hair, where it feels heavy and looks kind of wet. And that's why I love Waze Anti-Frizz Cream because it enhances the natural waves in my hair. I still look like me, just a little elevated. And P.S. I am way obsessed with Waze other bestsellers. Their leave-in conditioner, detox shampoo, my personal favorite. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E- O-U-A-I dot com and enter promo code Andy for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I dot com with promo code Andy. In the words of Meredith Marks, when it comes to that week, week and a half before my period, I wish I was disengaging. My PMS is off the charts. Truly Uber Eats needs to check in and say, it's about that time, isn't it? I know it is. The cravings are crazy. I want to crawl out of my skin. Now it's easier to manage PMS with Estro Control. Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony and Estro Control, is dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality, and it shows. For AGs who are friends of perimenopause, menopause, or postmenopause, Happy Mammoth has Hormone Harmony. It's not just a supplement for women going through those stages. It's also become a phenomenon. Women can't stop talking about it on social media. A bottle of Hormone Harmony is sold every 24 seconds. For a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code ANDYSGIRLS at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code ANDYSGIRLS for 15% off today. I'm engaging. And I think we will have those moments in conversation, maybe in the lead up to girls trip possibly or we'll see what happens with crappy lake i think it has been such a success um artistically and i would assume that streaming numbers are probably pretty good i could imagine there being a possible conversation of like will there be another iteration of this again um who knows we're also only two episodes in but even with those two episodes it 
I would think is a really good indicator to other OGs, not including Sonia and Luann, that there are potentially other places of residence to exist within the universe of Bravo and Peacock. And it does seem fairly obvious that New York, at least for now, and possibly, I mean, who really even knows what will happen with this season, but that that doesn't seem like a direction that executives or the network and or the network, whomever is, you know, in those uh, rooms, in those suites, um, what they're discussing likely does not include any of our uh, formerly and current familiar faces from the original cast. And I can't imagine. I mean, I said to somebody that like that event, I mean, Sunday night is going to be potentially a terrible day for some of the members of the original cast because this is like experiencing a loss. And I can't imagine feeling like, oh, we were never um, celebrated in the ways that this original cast was like we were never thrown an event at the Rainbow Room. But also Real Housewives of New York wasn't considered the Real Housewives of New York until after production had begun. I mean, it was considered Manhattan Moms. The world and experience of Housewives, especially when it comes to branding and special events and social media and the influence now that content creators have in potentially driving conversation and sometimes also conflict and critique. Um, It's just an entirely different universe. So in many ways, this was an opportunity to have, I think, a little bit of a reset. And it's I'm sure going to be genuinely like maybe a tough day for some people from the original cast, especially if potentially, you know, attention as people are watching the first episode is positive. I mean, how do you receive that? Who are you rooting for, regardless of whatever you say in the press? If you're an original cast member who feels like you lost your job for these like new people, for these newbies, do I want them to succeed? What does that mean for my future and my career if they do versus do not? Um, I think everybody, I'm sure, is vocally, publicly supported, but I also think it's probably really difficult to see people who replaced you in your job, which comes with obviously an enormous amount of strings, but also bells and whistles attached. And I would assume that that is a difficult process regardless of how long ago this was decided, especially when things continue to change. And I think Lou and Sonia find themselves in a really great position right now because of how Crappy Lake was received. And who knows what kind of hope and possibility that will open up for other housewives, not even New York specific, but from other franchises. I mean, Girls Trip was the thing that Andy said he would never do for many years. He felt like that was jumping the shark, was doing an all-star season. And look at how the first and second seasons especially were received. Overwhelmingly positive, even though the darkness was looming in Bluestone Manor. It was still definitely a topic of conversation throughout each limited episode run. Um, So who knows what Crappy Lake might inspire? I mean, this then becomes a conversation about possibly bloating. Like, at what point do we slow things down? Or are we just getting a sense in the room that maybe some of these original franchises really, truly need um, a refresher? Um, 
And so who knows? I mean, there were some writers in attendance that I was fangirling about. I absolutely went up to Nomi Fry from The New Yorker and was like, I am obsessed with you. (laughs) I just need you to know that. And, you know, the ways that people are going to write and communicate and talk about the upcoming season of New York and the current franchises, I think, are going to be really illuminating. And I would be curious to see what direction Bravo goes in. I mean, I know obviously they just announced that tickets are going on sale for BravoCon, two tiers instead of three. So there's the general admission tier and then essentially a VIP tier. And based on the experiences from BravoCon's past, there are typically big announcements made over the course of that weekend. And I would be really curious for what that potentially might mean for announcements about possibly new shows or changes in franchises. I mean, I think the next couple months are going to be incredibly important in sort of potential reconfigurations of some aspects of the Bravo brand. I think we're seeing it in place. I think that there's going to be an enormous amount of pressure on seeing if the New York franchise delivers and also in wondering what delivering looks like. Like, is it, are people expecting um, conflict throughout this series? Are we okay with it being a sort of potentially lighter, maybe more fun, she, 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 she season? Might it not feel fun? I mean, who knows what this is going to feel like for us? And is it going to feel like a part of the Housewives universe? I got into this conversation. I forget if it was on mic or off, but I've heard it from a couple of content creators about the fact that Housewives of Dubai was... I mean, I love the premiere episode, but it it really fell off for me for the rest of the season. And aside from the fact that Caroline Stanbury is in the cast, it did honestly give me a little bit of a Ladies of London kind of energy. It felt less like Housewives of Dubai and more like something else, which I would be interested in continuing to watch, but didn't necessarily feel Housewives specific or at least specific to the kind of Housewives formula that exists seemingly on every other franchise, including if there are tough seasons. It doesn't mean that every franchise has a great season. doesn't mean that's what we're currently watching. But there is a certain kind of formula that's followed that I didn't necessarily see on Dubai. And I'm curious about how that formula will add up with New York. Do we have the components here? And again, putting aside the idea of conflict, even though stakes and drama are important. Like we talk about conflict, but what's connected to that? What is that representative of? And I think it's stakes and pressure and certainly there are, I would assume, be arguments happening that exist solely because there's some sort of fight taking place about the show, being filmed for the show and trying to navigate that so you can tell a story that can be told that editors can weave together that isn't entirely breaking the fourth wall. There's a lot of different languages that I think a housewife needs to be able to speak and be fluent in. A big one is production and another one is an understanding of the specific housewives universe that that franchise exists in. Beverly Hills is very different from New Jersey, is very different from Potomac, is very different from Orange County. Like all of these worlds are specific. You could say, you know, New Jersey being about family, um, 
Potomac for a while about society. Orange County, I don't even really know what the, the vibe would be on Orange County, noting that I'm really, really enjoying this season. Beverly Hills is that um, feeling of glamour and Hollywood. And New York was really sort of like cosmopolitan New York. New York also echoed that idea of society, at least in the first several, several seasons. And then society became representative of and symbolic of a certain kind of celebrity that these women attempted to talk around while filming the show. And I wonder what new New York will represent if that was an idea or a framework or just an understanding that like that belongs in the past. This is going to be something else entirely. I'm curious about what the foundation will be, what the stakes will be, and is it going to be entirely set in this person doesn't seem to be a good friend? Because I would assume in many ways these women are just getting used to each other in the most seemingly abnormal of circumstances. So is that really enough of a kind of like high stakes feeling if we know that these women are friends because they're filming on TV. Like, it'll be interesting to see how these relationships develop, noting that many of them likely grew stronger or fell apart after the show stopped filming. That is the thing that happens when people are catching up, when they're filming their confessionals and finding out what the fuck other people said as pickups are happening, and certainly when social media becomes a thing and media itself has a big impact too. I think all of that is going to become a part of this. And I do have to say that noting there was a little bit of a scheduling change and I was like, what is going to happen with this episode that I thought I was going to be recording? I did receive some intel from friend of the pod, (laughs) bravo, bravo, ducking, bravo, that inspired me to immediately get on the mic. I essentially screamed into my phone at what I thought was a joke that Pedro Pascal's sister was in attendance at the event. So BBDB just texted me that and I said, ha ha, like, obviously you're saying this because you know I'm obsessed with Pedro Pascal and BBDB said, bravo, bravo, ducking, bravo, said, no, she was really there. And I said, no, you're joking right now. She wasn't there. And BBTV said she was. And then I just started yelling in a language that does not yet exist. I mean, James Cameron, if you're listening, forget the blue people. Me finding out that I was mere steps away from Pedro Pascal's beloved sister, who could have become my dear and close friend. (laughs) You know, (laughs) because I heard it from people. I mean, I was like social butterfly throughout the night because there were just so many people from so many different universes. And I wanted to talk to everybody forever and get everybody's thoughts and and break down. Just imagine how I am (laughs) any kind of social gathering. I'm like, I'm just genuinely so curious. What's your energy? What's your interests? How are we doing? What's life? What's happening? Housewife stuff, whatever else. So I wasn't really focused on, I don't know, I guess, looking at some of the attendees that I didn't recognize because there were so many content creators and writers and Bravo Lebs who I did recognize, who I wanted to um, connect with. And apparently she was, in fact, there. And I said to BBDB, like, first off, we're no longer friends. This is, I'm burning up 
our Cynthia Bailey, Lenethia Leak style friendship contract. How do you not text me? And she said, I thought you knew because you were like a social butterfly talking to everyone throughout the night. I just assumed that you had seen her. And I think to myself, did you hear me shriek? I mean, I know because I told so many people that I had just taken an edible that quote unquote wasn't working. <laughs> that, um, I mean, am I known as a woman <laughs> who kind of internalizes delight? I don't know. I would, I, I have been known to do that on occasion, but I would have probably labradoodled my way over and introduced myself and asked her, you know, how she found herself at this event, similar to um, asking Pedro Pascal how he found myself directly outside of my apartment with a dozen red roses, which I would assume would happen within, what, 12 hours? Isn't that how rom-coms exist when based in absolute reality? I couldn't believe it. Because if there is one thing that people who follow me on social and know me, IRL, which, I mean, same difference, I am obsessed with Pedro Pascal. So the fact that I truly just received that information was like, LOL, like, that's so sweet. You're trying to, like, cheer me up by, like, pretending that Pedro Pascal's, like, beloved sister was in attendance and then being like, no, no, she was, like, literally there. The talk of shame and I both saw her, clocked her, said that's Pedro Pascal's sister, and then kept it moving. She's a famous model. I am so overwhelmed. I need to find out who invited her. I feel like it was probably a housewife. She's probably like super cool. I just need to have an understanding of that environment. Also, if you're going to tell, can you imagine, God forbid, worst case scenario was like, what if Pedro was in town? And he was like, oh, let me just um, meet my, um, meet up with my sister for a drink. Oh, where are you? The rainbow room? Yeah, I'll swing by. I mean, you know, my long-term girlfriend, Sarah Galley is also going to be there. So it makes a lot of sense. You know, I mean, truly based in reality, absolutely this could exist. Oh, a heartbreaker. And then I said to myself, BBDB, you have inspired me to do a little emergency record talking about that night because I truly cannot believe, cannot believe that Pedro Pascal's beloved sister was mere feet away from me when I was talking about God only fucking knows what with fellow podcasters and whomever else. I mean, what a wild night. So shout out to um, Team Bravo and Team Bravo events um, for really putting together such an incredible night. I, I really am going on a champagne fast. I cannot have any kind of bubbly within 10 feet of me for a minute. And if you offer me an edible and I start to raise my hand, just run in the other direction. Do us all a favor. Please, please, God, just protect me and also yourself at all costs. Because if you had seen some of those update texts that I was sending <laughs> while truly um, floating into infinity, uh, you would not be surprised. Um, but really, truly, what a night. I mean, it's, it's going to be an exciting weekend. We're going to have the premiere upon us. I'm really, really curious for your thoughts as you watch. I'm hoping to do a live reaction on IG, also known as IG, and I guess also threads. So follow me there at Dame Galley. Um, I put up a new hour plus Patreon episode this week talking about Kyle and Mo and 
Croy and Kim and so much more. There's going to be another reaction episode up in the next couple days. You can get those exclusive bonus episodes while supporting this little podcast social experiment at patreon.com slash girls. And guys, what a crazy, crazy week. I have to thank all of you for listening. The reason that I'm able to attend these opportunities and to share them with you, hopefully immediately following, is because of the support that um, you have given to me personally and to this podcast. And I can't thank you enough. And I'm so appreciative for your thoughts as these episodes go up. Um, There is another Taking It Personally that's going to be coming out soon talking about a different kind of perspective than the last episode covering and just like that. So I'm so excited for you to listen to that episode and taking it personally, which are those episodes that continue the mission and thesis of Andy's Girls talking all about the psychology behind TV gets a little bit outside of Housewives and Bravo and covering other kinds of TV psychology that I'd love to deep dive. And you can listen to those episodes while you're listening to Andy's Girls right now. It's in the same feed. Those little eps pop up now and again. Haven't quite figured out which actual day of the week they're going to come upon because there's truly so much TV happening. And so it's like a little surprise when you subscribe to Andy's Girls. I'm on a random day of the week. You get a little taken it personally. That will be formalized to one of the seven days of the week. Right now, formally, it's truly any of the seven. That feels like an appropriate schedule. Does it end in day? There we are. Success. Um, Oh my God. Also, I was in Manolo's. Oh my God. Also, I was taking photos throughout the night because I was molting. You could see much like birds flying south. You knew which couch I was sitting on, which bar I was wandering over to because there were feathers leaving a flight path. You think I'm joking. In my living room just now, I picked up three feathers and I had done a full. They keep appearing out of nowhere, even though that fucking dress is hanging in the office on display, on display, on display each and every day, every day, every day. It's truly, I heard from people who said, I saw your feathers on the floor. I know that you were there because they were no longer on your dress. They were starting a new beginning on the ground, on the carpet of um, the rainbow room. And, and just like that, truly, <laughs> the dress created its own little path home. Um, but um, aside from the feathers marking truly the journey that we are all about to go on on New York. I wish all of us well on that trip back to NYC. I say this from NYC, from the Clawfus, a place I like to call home because it quite literally is. Um, But I really, really am so curious for your thoughts. So message me on Instagram at Dame Galley. Send me a long form satchel of gold, a thought, feel, question, or concern named in honor of Her Holiness Kelly. Am I still high? Named in honor of Her Holiness Kelly Clorn Ben Simone. No voice notes, please. But send me some long form thoughts. Include your first name in town or if you'd like it to be anonymous. And that might be included on an upcoming Patreon ep. On that note, guys, thanks so much for listening. What a crazy night. What a crazy week. Shout out to Pedro Pascal's sister, to Tony Danza, to the cast of The Real Housewives of New York. I mean, 
all of those words fit together so perfectly, which is why I love Bravo most of all. Um, but I'm really, really excited for the premiere episode and certainly to hear your reactions to it as we all enjoy this new beginning together. On that note, hope you enjoyed this solo episode deep dive. And listen, guys, I will chat with you soon, okay? Bye-bye. Bye-bye.